KISS PR Brand Story Podcast. Amplify your stories by getting you featured in large news outlets like Associated Press, Yahoo News, Fox, NBC, ABC News Affiliates, over 500 news sites submitted to Bloomberg, journalists, bloggers, and now the podcast. Feature story is... Hello, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of having Dr. Youssef. She is a dentist, general dentist in Spring Lake, North Carolina. And I am going to discuss with her about her background as well as what she does as part of the profession. Welcome, Dr. Youssef. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. So tell the audience a little bit about you so they can get to know you, and then we can dig further. Okay, well, I am a general dentist, and I work full-time in my office, Southern Family Dental, in Spring Lake. Um, I grew up in that area, so my family moved to Fayetteville, North Carolina, which is right next to Spring Lake, um, when I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. And it was because my dad was hired to work as a language instructor for the U.S. Army. And so he worked at Fort Bragg, which is now known as Fort Liberty. He did that Mm -hmm. for about 25 years before he retired. But so I grew up here. um, I went to school like an hour and a half away at UNC Chapel Hill for undergrad Mm -hmm. and then for dental school. and then. After I graduated, I decided to come back and just serve the community that um, I grew up in. Um, I have a husband and two young children, a boy and a girl, ages two and four. And they are my, I always joke with my patients how they are my second full-time job um, away from, you know, my office that also keeps me quite busy. and. That's pretty much the gist of yeah, it. You are blessed. You have a boy and a girl, two, four. Um, that That is definitely your primary job, as I see it. I'm a grandfather. I have a three-year-old granddaughter. And I know sometimes um, I tell my you know daughter how tough, tough it is because I can't even spend 30 minutes with my granddaughter, which takes a lot of energy. So to run a such a practice and then to have two kids, I can definitely salute you. Um, So why did you become a dentist? Like, why not a doctor? Why not a pharmacist? What was the purpose of dentistry? Well, when I was in the third grade, my parents, they are both, they grew up um, in Egypt Mm -hmm. and I was born there, but I left when I was one. When I was in the third grade, they took me to visit family in Egypt. And the one thing that I found myself gravitating towards or noticing was the the fact that everyone pretty much generalized. Everyone had generalized poor oral health. And I just Mm -hmm. it was significant, the difference in people's oral health. Um, there versus the U.S. And I asked Mm -hmm. about it. I asked my family 
who lived there and they shared with me that dentistry was viewed as more of a luxury rather than a necessity. Um, that people basically just went to dentists if they had like a major infection or a major problem in their mouth. And so mm-hmm. I, the fact, I just took interest to that and I felt like it was my calling to become a dentist and help in some way. So I started shadowing actually, like when I was a, a very, at a very young age, probably like 12. And I just, I knew that that was my calling. Um, I felt comfortable in, in the dental um, setting and I, I just found great interest in dentistry. And so that's what led me to dentistry. Just fell in love with it. So how old were you when you went to Egypt and you start to recognize that this is something you are going to gravitate? You were around 12, did you say? 12 was when I started shadowing um, at Fort uh, Bragg at the dental clinic. Uh-huh. But eight, I was around eight when when that seed of interest was planted. Like during my visit, I was about eight years old. That That is interesting. I've read somewhere that when you are early age and you adapt to subconsciously start to accept things, that's what you become. So obviously, you know, subconsciously, you remember that Egypt trip, your vision was pretty much defined at that time and you just kept on thinking about it and fast forward today in 2023 you're a very successful uh, practitioner and uh, now going through that process um, especially for the people that are listening you know what kind of struggles did you meet now everything is life is not a cakewalk right so Walk us through that while you were shadowing, I'm sure being a Middle Eastern, you were a smart kid. Uh, genetically, uh, mom and dad are very successful. So walk us through, like, how difficult was it to get into the med school or the dental school? Obviously, you had to do four years of college and then dentistry program. Help us, help the audience, take us through our, that journey like we were with you together. You know, culturally speaking, most um, most Middle Eastern families, you would think like, I know you mentioned like m- mom and dad were very successful. My mom was actually, she had very humble work experience. She really worked at the TJ Maxx in mm-hmm. Fayetteville for over a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, my mom was a sales associate and mm-hmm. my dad was um, a language professor professor at Fort Bragg. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. N- neither of my parents were in healthcare. They weren't doctors, came from um, quite humble beginnings. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they they didn't know, because they grew up in Egypt, they didn't know how to navigate, you know, the, the scene of entering and paying for college, applying for college, all that. So here I was, 17, and I kind of had to do all that like on my own from financing my college to, mm-hmm. um, you know, loans, all that process, that whole process. I had to kind of take, take uh, full ownership and, and do mm-hmm. that all on my own. So that was part of it. I was always kind of, I'll call myself a nerd. <laughs> I'll call, mm-hmm. I'll say it myself. I've always mm-hmm. been a nerd. I was 
you know, studying and just school in general was my happy place. So Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. something that I I knew I wanted to go to Chapel Hill, UNC Chapel Hill. It was at that time, the only dental school in our state. Um, But I knew I wanted to go there, you know, from a young age. So that was, you know, I got accepted um, there for undergraduate, uh, for my undergraduate education. And then just, you know, went straight into dental school after, but I did do one year of dental hygiene work because I majored as a, in dental hygiene for undergrad. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to do that to kind of get myself myself prepared and give myself a good background that would support me once I did get into dental school. And it did, it helped me quite a bit. And I felt like I had a step up on my classmates that um, did not have that same background. But um, it was a pretty good natural progression towards dent- dental school. And I was glad that I, that, I, that I chose dental hygiene as my undergraduate degree. So while you were growing up, you were a nerd. So you were really focused towards, uh, you were an ambition nerd. Uh, but your support <laughs> system, would, would you be, would it be fair to say that your support system was your mom and dad because you knew their struggles? So, you know, when we have no support system, it's hard to go further, right? So some people just oh, fall 100%. off the track. Yeah. So your support system were your mom, especially, and your dad, who was um, yeah. supporting you. Mm-hmm. And, then course, warm, warm, and then the warm Middle Eastern food that your mom would cook for you. So while the nerd was studying, that that makes a big difference. All those, you know, um, good stuff that I, I know you guys eat. So once you became oh, the dentist, you know, now let's talk about, you are very successful, southernfamilydental.com, that's your website. And tell us what kind of problems that you solve on a daily basis because dentistry is pretty wide. And the reason I asked that because two weeks ago I had to travel. So I went to a local dentist and I said, Hey, you know, you guys had put a crown on my tooth and it's not feeling comfortable. And they came and they said, yeah, everything is fine. And they just did a make a little fix. And they said, well, by the way, since you're here, we're going to do this uh, new computerized x-ray. So they did that. And they said, by the way, I think you need to get this wisdom tooth out. But I said, I'm not even in pain. Nothing. Uh, and they said, no, no, you need to take it out because your food particles are getting there. And this is, and I said, okay, book me. Uh, so I'm supposed to go back to get it out. So I always feel like when I go to a dentist, they want to take out something. It's like going to a, like a mechanic, you know, they want to fix two things, but then <laughs> they want to fix four others. So Help help us navigate through because a lot of people have a lot of uh, you know feelings about that. So why you guys do that, way? If that's the question, I would ask. Well, I guess I have to backtrack a little bit and just kind of let mm-hmm. you know the background mm-hmm. of how I became a practice owner um, yes. because it's going to eventually answer your question that you just asked. I started mm-hmm. off in my the office that I'm currently in before it was Southern Family Dental. So it was Mm -hmm. part of a corporate entity. Um, I was hired by my um, boss at the time to basically run this office for him. He was living a couple hours away running, you know, like 10 offices that were part of this corporate 
corporate mm-hmm. dental corporate corporation that he had, you know, initiated. And mm-hmm. after running the office for him for about two years, you know, it became, he wasn't, he didn't live very close by. So he kept, you know, offering to sell me the office and he knew that was my hometown. And he said, you're really good at, you know, managing things by yourself in this office. Why don't you go ahead and why don't you take this on, take this practice and buy it and make it your own. And Mm -hmm. I, at that time I was, you know, still in my twenties. I was single at the time. I hadn't met my husband or anything. So the idea of owning a practice was attractive, but I was not up for the additional um, tasks that it would entail, the financial um, management portion of it. It was attractive though, because I would have autonomy over the way that the practice was run and how the patients, you know, were treated ultimately. Whenever you're part of a corporation, you know, you sometimes in general, the the model of dentistry with corporations is more, let's see, number driven. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you know, that's how they kind of start most of the time. That's how they start their morning meetings. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of like the goal in corporate dentistry and d- dentistry is going rapidly towards corporate dentistry, unfortunately, but there are the few, few private practices left where, you know, if someone is really wanting more customized, personalized, um, one-on-one care with a dentist, you can, you know, that that's the type of setting that maybe one should kind of like go towards is a private practice Um, that's owned by one sole person who has like complete knowledge of their dental history, their family, you know, I know all my patients by name. I know their, their kids. I know pretty much where they're from. I know like the tooth that we fixed five years ago and we're, you know, mm-hmm. that we had a watch on from before. And so it's more customized and just has maybe different goals. I, you know, if someone comes in and their goal is to have a Hollywood smile and they want perfectly white straight teeth and they want Invisalign, I can get them there, you know, but we're, Mm -hmm. we're going to do it the right way. And that's not something that I'm going to, you know, bring up at the first visit just because that's what the corporation has directed me to do. You know, we, the care is very customized. Um, and we take care, I take care of my patients. Like I would take care of my, uh, my family members, like my close family, family members. I often find myself telling my patients, like, if you were my sister, this is what I would tell you to do. You know, we need to start with, we need to start with, um, the foundational things we need to, if you have any cavities, we take care of those. We get you to a healthy place and then if you're if they're interested in the aesthetics, then we can do that. We can do Invisalign. We can whiten them, um, veneers if they want. Um, so, but we have to take care of their health first. And so that that is what led me to, you know, take up my boss's offer on buying the office is the fact that I could have this autonomy and have control of 
um, you know, my patients treatment and treat them in the proper way. And I can give discounts when I want to, you know, if I find a patient, Mm -hmm. you know, that has been my patient for years and they're going through a hardship or, you know, they were Mm -hmm. just diagnosed with cancer and now they have lots Mm -hmm. of medical expenses that they are having trouble keeping up with and they have a tooth that they need out, you know, I'm going to do that for them because they're my, I can do that, you know, as a, as a, the owner of my own office. And that's really why I took that on is so that I can help people more with corporate, you know, in general, when you're part of a corporate entity, there, there are more costs involved. So I understand, you know, like finances are, you know, one of the top priorities because you have to, you know, they have to pay, cover the fine, the, the bills and everything. So um, yeah, it's like a that, franchise. Yeah, it's like a franchise. So you're paying more. Uh, and that answers my question, because like after my examination, the doctor took me or that wasn't even the doctor. Somebody took me to a presentation room. They did a PowerPoint presentation. I thought, wow, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, they did a good job on selling on me. Uh, and I did get to appreciate that. But now it answers that as a personalized care provider, you know your patients very well, and you yes. are concerned about their tooth uh, um, and their mouth, uh, not just the teeth, but the mouth overall, the health of the mouth. So that that does answer. Um, going further down, uh, we see on your website, you do multiple services like implants, Invisalign, preventative care, which is cleaning, et cetera, cosmetic dentist. So walk us through the services that you are really, obviously you're good at everything, but what is it that um, if you were to step it down, everybody should do on a progressive basis, wherever they are, uh, that's important from a perspective of oral health. So I do restore implants. I work with a specialist who places the implants and then I restore them oh. with abutments and crowns. I uh, pushed myself early in my career to get additional training in a general practice residency to get additional training so that I can have the cap- capabilities to do molar root canals, which is something that most general dentists don't do. Um, Also, I do lots of surgical extractions of impacted teeth, you know, but um, so I I kind of challenged myself early on in my career to um, get additional training so that I could be able to offer, you know, pretty much all dental services to my patients. So surgical um, extractions, molar root canals, I do everything in my office and I have a special interest in Invisalign um, Mm -hmm. and aesthetic dentistry. But if I, to answer your question, I would encourage everyone to just seek regular care as much as they're, they're able to. And what I mean by that is go in for a comprehensive exam, get your x-rays taken, get a cleaning Mm-hmm. because the worst thing you can do for yourself is to wait until it hurts. You know, people say, oh no, nothing's bothering me in my mouth. So I'm good. I'll, mm-hmm. I don't have to go to the dentist, but that's a big mistake because if you wait until you're having pain, 
then the issue has gotten all the way into the nerve of the tooth. At that point, you're either needing a root canal or you're needing an extraction. So, you know, the, the most important thing that I would like to relay is for me to encourage people to go in for the preventative care and so that we can kind of have the chance to intercept things when it's just a small filling or, you know, just catch things early because it'll save you loads of money and prevent you from having pain in the future if you do it that way. That is awesome. So as they say, prevention is better than cure. And if you live in North Carolina, especially in the Spring Lake area, North Carolina, zip code 28330, definitely take a look at southernfamilydentalnc.com. Thank you, doctor. And um, is there anything else that would you like to say in closing? Um, No, thank you for the opportunity. I enjoyed speaking with you today. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our Brand Story podcast powered by KISS PR Brand Story. Want to get featured on a story like this? Visit story.kisspr.com.